0: All right, we are discussing the notion of highest vitality or life force and how thoughts are the life force of the spoken word. And because of that, the spoken word is considered as nothing in relation to the thought. This is aside from the fact, or in addition to the fact, that because the spoken word is sourced in the thought, which we discussed, um, and the basic idea is that the word that is spoken is a word that it was previously thought. Right? So the utterance of the word verbally is not adding anything above and beyond what was already contained within the thought in terms of the actual wording. The, 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 um, which is, again, the issue of content is a different discussion and the issue of the value of words being to... that they communicate with others is a different discussion. Okay. Did you guys think a little bit about this idea of Chayas, about life force, about vitality? What? Chias, life force, vitality that we spoke about at the end of yesterday's class. Did you think about it all or are you just like out of mind until now? Yeah, because
1: it came out in a different class.
0: Came out of a different class. Was it, a way. Was it contradictory? Was it complementary? Was it wasn't it?
2: contradictory, but it was talking about a different aspect of like how the nishama enlivens the body.
0: wasn't same thing? It is the same thing. What do you think, What? what and what, How? this is good. In what sense did you learn that the neshama enlivens the body? About like, between the vessel, like fires and heaven, so. Lights
2: and vessels, yes. Yeah, so the body is the vessel
0: for the light. the soul. So what does that, what, but
2: what, that is, what does
0: that mean? When, but what does that mean that the soul enlivens it, the, the that body?
2: That was wrong. Wait, today. today, Yeah. which class Today, it's yeah. it's today? Okay, so
0: so that so that is correct. One of, the, one, of the, one of the qualities of life is the fact that life perpetuates itself. Chai is per- self-perpetuating. I don't want to go into that aspect. because It's not really pertinent here. But it is, it, 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 it is. If we were to discuss highest we discuss life force vitality more fully, more broadly. That is an important characteristic. Um, okay. Mean, it makes sense to say that the
2: meaning is never ending. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You want to say something?
2: Well, I want to, but as, okay. Basically, we said life force either yesterday, yesterday, or today, and today's today. As Hashem said, and I'm trying to remember why. Because you're talking about, like, Nisayin. Sometimes I don't remember. I got this matters. Uh-huh.
0: Like, like, they said life force, and immediately I was like, oh, right, well, I called in this
2: class, and now I can't remember what they said. Nisayin about a test and a trial. Yeah. Not to be today, Okay,
0: is. so I'm not... I don't know what you're learning, but in Hasidic, in general, the basic understanding of a test in Hasidic is that it is a, it is a way in which we have a... Um, a radical jump in the quality of the chayas, the quality of the life force. That when a person undergoes a test, the only, the only way to succeed is to like become your- more alive in a way that is, that is not comparable to the way you were before. Right. And that's really the ultimate purpose of a test. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, we were talking about how
2: you have to like go back deeper into right. connecting to who you after Right, right.
0: So, as opposed to, in other words, there's a difference in growing in your in your quality of life force and your vitality versus a test, which is just like you know it's 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 a it's a leap. You're, where you end where you end up having to be is nowhere commensurate with where you previously were, whereas normal growth doesn't work like that. But yes, okay. So, chais is like a major thing in chassidus. Um, life force, vitality. However you want to translate it in Yiddish, they call it Lebedekite. um, and I want to just flesh this out. So yesterday, we spoke about this in kind of like basic terms just to kind of get a sense of it. What I would like to do today, is I like to talk about this idea in the context of Judaism. And then, once we talk about chayes, life force, vitality in the context of Judaism, um, then we're going to go back in and discuss thought being the life force, the vitality, the chayes of the spoken word. And we're going to learn today's ayam. I. I wish we had the old one, but what can I do? Okay. Which one? Do you want the different one? The different one has <sighs> to behind The brown one? The, yeah. The oh, yes, Yep. Yeah. When we do a mitzvah, we can do the mitzvah with chayis, with life force, with vitality. And we can do the mitzvah without chayis, without life force, without vitality. What does that mean? So I'm doing a mitzvah. If I do it with vitality, it means it's not necessary if I do it.
2: If you can do it without life force, that means that you can still... It's not like if you were lighting Shabbos candles, you Mm. need flame, you need candle, right? But you don't necessarily need a life force in order to do it. So it's technically not necessary for the thing to be acted out, but I'm sure it's necessary on a different level. Okay.
1: One
2: of body.
0: Okay, one has meaning and intention behind it. I want to go and I want to, I want to move away a little bit from intention. Because I think intention is, can be very, very sticky. Yeah. I want you, I want you to... It's
1: about yourself being
0: in it. Right, it's about yourself being in it. So if you imagine lighting Shabbos candles, right? There's a kind of a, a quintessential picture of a Jewish mother lighting Shabbos candles. And when she is lighting Shabbos candles, right? She is in the lighting of the Shabbos candles with her whole being, and so the hopes and dreams and fears for her children are in the lighting of the Shabbos candles. But not
1: necessarily.
0: If she's doing it with Chaius, that's what Chaius is, and she's. And so what ends up happening is that lighting Shabbos candles. To her is not something that she does. In other words, the subjective experience of that woman is lighting Shabbos candles moves more from the realm of, a, of, a, of an activity into more of part of being who she is. Does that make sense? Okay. I said I don't want to talk about it because it gets complicated and I don't want to go too far in. I don't mind if we do that in questions and answers, okay? It's just, there's too many things already going to be in the class. Now, on a very basic level, on a very basic level, what does Hasidus want from a person? Because let's be honest, I'm teaching you Tanya, and I think we all understand that the ideas in Tanya, some are easier and some are harder, right? The idea that every single person is going to understand these ideas um, is a little bit silly. I'm gonna be very honest with you, okay? And certainly the way I'm understanding them is not by far capturing the full depth and meaning of those ideas, okay? In what sense is is supposed to be something that is for everybody? The, the Baal Shem Tov was told that the teachings of Chiz have to spread out and reach everybody.
1: Because
0: um, every Jew has a neshama. Every Jew has a neshama, right? And therefore, what Chassidus is about is that the bringing bringing the neshama into the Judaism and therefore there's chai, so it's alive, okay? Now, this changes everything and changes nothing, okay? In the Lodz Ghetto, um, there was a rabbi, I don't remember his name. Um, he wrote a, a, a work of halakh response and diary about the Lodz Ghetto, I forget the rabbi of the Lodz Ghetto. And one of the things he writes there is that in the Lodge Ghetto, this was in, in, during the Holocaust, there, nobody had beards. Lodge was a, was a city in, in Europe and there were plenty of, from Yiddin, nobody had beards. Why didn't nobody have a beard? It's dangerous. <laughs> you, know, you see some you know, Nazi walking down the street and decides to have fun with the Jew and the beard, right? Then you can end up dead. It's, it's not a joke. So very, very religious Jews shaved off their beards. There was one Jew who didn't shave off his beard. He mentions Wonder? what?
1: Wonder? What? Wonder rabbit? Like there, there's a rabbit buried
2: um, um, in the next, like like across the shore.
0: I don't know. Um, I remember, I'm, I'm going, I wasn't there, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, I just remember what he wrote. He said, there was, one, there was one Jew who had a beard. He says, there was a Lubavitcher, Lodz was not exactly this, a place that was full of So It was Lubavitcher. And he had a beard. Now, why did he have a beard? Why did he have a beard? the Nazis did change anything about service his
1: To make some
0: he had chay- the, 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 having a beard wasn't something that you have to do. Having the beard it, he, he was in the beard. <laughs> to take off the beard that you get like, it, 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 it was not fathomable.
1: Okay?
0: Chaius changes everything because it changes that, that things are no longer external to you. Things are no longer what they seem like. The so Bachar just asked me a question, okay? I was he, walking here, he sent me a question, what's that? And the question was, he gets together with some friends, he's been getting some old friends every year on Halloween to watch a scary movie. And now some of his old friends, they're, they're, they're in Israel, and he's in my note. And I want to know, should, uh, can, is it okay, Halachli, to get together and watch a scary movie? That's what he asked. Not really. I would say
2: honestly, yes. What are you breaking, mm-hmm. what but, you're his, but his
0: highest won't allow that. So I asked him, "What does he think?" And he said, "I'll get the exact quote because I think it's actually important. Honestly, maybe it's not the best thing to be doing, but I don't imagine it's a vera. I don't imagine it's a sin."
1: Thing
0: is thing thing. What you feel about it. Now, what do you think I said to that? So you not I said you're wise you're enough. enough. I said you're wise enough to decide this for yourself. That was one message, and the next message right afterwards. If you
1: tell him something. Is he gonna listen or not? Like, he'll listen.
0: He, yeah, he'll listen. You know? But that's not the point. That's, that's exactly like, not the point. Let me finish. Let, me finish. Let me finish. Yeah. I said you're wise enough yeah. to decide this for yourself. That was one message. The next message says, but either way, decide. Don't just, like, let it happen. I didn't actually say that. I said, don't be a marshmallow. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> that's
0: but that's why... Yeah. Anyway, decide. Don't be a marshmallow. Now, why? Like, I, 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 I have an answer. And by the way, I'm not going to say the answer. But I have an answer. Why don't I tell them the answer? Because you define what is... You're
2: like, what is your... How you, it's, it's like, what is, your, what is essential to you? Meaning, like... You don't define what's... essential no, like, what do you... What do you like, You you define by your choices that you make how
0: to, like, live by the... Like, wherever. Okay, that's that's part of it, but there's one step before that that I want to to touch on. When you you ask whether something is allowed halakhically or not, you are almost always asking the wrong question. Not always. I'll give you an example, right? You're cooking, and you discover that you put this milk spoon, the dairy spoon in the meat pot and you don't know what to do. So you call the rabbi. What am I supposed to do? That's a perfectly valid question.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Why, is that a perfect, why is that a perfectly valid question?
2: Because there's
1: one answer for it. Because it, it's no. already
0: happened. No. It's not about you. It's, just, it's nothing about you. Nothing like this. If the food is kosher, I'll eat it. If the food's not kosher, I won't. I just don't have, I happen not to know. Yeah, it it's not about me. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a technical thing. But most of the time people ask a rabbi a question. It's about them. I want to do something. Should I feel guilty doing it?
1: <laughs>
0: that, That's in the question. And here's the thing. I don't know. In other words, in other words like this. When you don't have chayas, when you don't have the vitality in your Judaism, then what does that mean? There's you. And then there's Judaism. Judaism makes a bunch of claims on you. You cannot do this. You must do that. And then there's these places where it's vague and where it's gray. And it's like, can I get away with it? Can I justify it? How bad should I feel about it? And what does that mean? That means there's no, you are not in the Judaism. The Judaism is not the body that you inhabit, that you live in. The Judaism is dead and you're an alien from it. But it has a certain power, it has a you know, certain claim, it, 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 it gives you guilt trips, you're worried about going to Gehenna. I don't know, whatever it is, right?
1: Meaning you should take yourself, Well, you shouldn't take yourself out of
0: it. So that's what I asked, and I said, what do you think? Now yes. if you think something is a bad idea, but it's permitted, should you do it? No. Okay. No. Said, Even
2: you're asking the question already what he says
1: that you
2: are just asking to either validate yourself, that's or you're what... asking be. No, guilty that's what I'm saying, like he said, said, is it halakhically okay? That's why I was like, well, halakhically, it's not breaking anything. And
0: maybe it is, but that, that's the I mean. thing, maybe it is. I, 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 like, like I'm saying, there's this, there's this, there's, a, there's an old expression. One of the more difficult areas in halacha is where a man goes missing, we don't know what happened to him, and his wife is still married. This is the classic aguna, okay? Not a man who doesn't, won't give his wife a divorce. That, they, the word has been extended to that. So it's one of the most difficult areas in Jewish law and there's all sorts of ways that we can maybe find ways to, to determine that the man is, is, is dead. Luckily, even though we don't have the strictest of evidence. It's very complicated. It's like the, the, you need to be a literally world-class rabbi to deal with these issues. So the old saying goes is that um, before the rabbi decides whether halakhically the man is dead, he should first make sure that he's actually dead. <laughs> Meaning like, on a common sense level, do you think he's dead? If the answer is yes, now we can start engaging, do we have, can we fit the halachic boxes and like... But if it seems like he's probably still alive, coming with a nice complicated halachic legal theory is is not appropriate. Mm -hmm. Or in a similar sense, there's the laws of Yichud. You're not supposed to be secluded with a member of the opposite gender. So there's all sorts of rules about this. Before you look and see, is it permitted, ask yourself, does it seem appropriate? If it doesn't seem appropriate, it doesn't matter what the Shulchan Aruch says. There's a, there's not because halacha is irrelevant, but because halacha gives you the body of Judaism. There is, halacha presupposes that a living Jew has a feel for things. And so, one second, one second. So, so now, there are times where, okay, I don't know where the food is kosher or not, or there are times where, you know, it's a complicated situation. On the one hand, there's good reason to be lenient. On the one hand, there's good reason to be stringent. Nothing to do with my, uh, uh, nothing to do with, like, my own, like, animalistic desires. But, like, really, from the respective Jewish values, there's conflicting issues. Like, being stringent with kosher, but honoring your parents when they're not religious and they went out of the way to get you something kosher, but it's not according to your standard. What you, the, the, they're the Torahs presenting you with a conflict and, and you really need to know like how to resolve that. But, what, but that, So if a person really has highest, really has, is living in their Judaism, but the Judaism pulls them in two different directions, you have to ask a rabbi. Or if the person is ambivalent, but they just need to know, can I eat the food or I can't eat the food, technically it's kosher, you ask the rabbi. But. But there should be the sense, this is my life. When you say, kiheim chayuna. the mitzvahs of my life, that's me. Now, if you, more you, the more you live in your Judaism, then whether or not your are were required to keep your beard or, or allowed to shave it off becomes like almost immaterial. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, what chayis does is it fuses... You with the thing that you have by vitality in. So it is you and you are it. Now, in other words, you get married to it. Like a real marriage. And what happens in a real marriage? You become an us. And hopefully an inseparable us. But maybe is
2: there still a place for if you don't know if something's actually bad or good for you, so it won't take away from your highs, like if you're watching a movie, then are you gonna ask that? Hopefully.
0: I think the more a person has highest in Judaism, the more they know those answers for themselves and they don't need to ask those questions. That's there, what I'm telling but there
2: you. There are so the many things that don't add to your chayis that like, are still, we all do them.
0: That's true. And most of us, you want me to be blunt? Yeah. Are not really living.
1: But most
0: of us are not really living.
1: Than, like, there are some
2: we elect- have to work on it. There's are some elect- <laughs> areas where it's not about your, like you're guilt-tripping or something. For example, like the rabbi is supposed to be trying to find the like the like I
0: mean, not not always, not always. It depends on but that's because the that doesn't that's because in Torah there's two very important values that are intention. One is the Torah values couples being together and the Torah values them not being together when when there's yeah, impurity. Yeah. And because of that a person who comes biased towards one or the other is not living in Judaism and therefore, that's a case where the Torah is pulling you in two different directions and you really need to go into the intricacies of the halacha. Yeah. But you know, but, but that's, you know, you're, 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 but, when, but there's a sense in which, okay, you know, it's not the Jewish thing, but it's my thing, but can I, like, like that show, like when there's the my thing and there's the Jewish thing and they're not, there's friction. Even if I can alachically explain it or justify it, even if it's perfectly like, there's nothing wrong with it alachically even, that shows a no lack of chais. And that's one of those reasons why what was characteristic always been of chassidim, and I mean chassidim, not people who call themselves chassidim, take chassidim seriously, is this notion of looking for leniencies or an alternatively looking for stringencies, which is a non-thing it's. It, 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 this is my life. If Judaism is pulling me in different directions, okay, now I have an issue. Okay, then I have to speak to the rabbi, we'll go overrides what? But there is no outside of Judaism in my life. There's no outside of my connection, Shem through the Torah mitzvahs. That's who I am. That's me. It is me and I am it. So like, what do you mean being stringent, being lenient? It doesn't mean anything. If the Torah allows me to do something that enables me to be more Jewish, then I should do it. If the Torah doesn't allow me to do it, then, I, then obviously it's not more Jewish. If the Torah says this makes me more Jewish, then obviously I have to do it if it doesn't require it. And, and so it, it changed a, a, a family that's raised with that, a person that lives like that, a community that's Chayas. And what ends up happening is there's no, there's no notion. I'll give, you an, I'll give you an example. You know how you know that someone is no Chayas in, in Torah? is that they say divrei Torah at the Shabbos table. You know the Shabbos table? They have no? If they have no chayis in Yiddishkeit, they say divrei Torah at the Shabbos table. Why? Because what happens like is we make kiddush, we make komozi, we sit down, we start schmoozing. Oh, right? And now it is time to do the ritual of the Dvar Torah. You know what happens when people have chayis in, 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 in Torah mitzvah? mitzvahs? Their schmoozing is Torah. I, I like, like people who really live in Yiddish, they schmooze at the Shabbos table. Now, the kids, you ask them to say it's about Torah, but, but, but I mean, now say it's about. I'm schmoozing. The schmoozing is, it, it's, a, it's a story of tzaddikim, righteous people, it's an insight I had the problem, But I'm schmoozing. You schmooze at the table. Why is the schmoozing not Torah and mitzvahs? Because it's one thing and I'm another. I'm not in it. I don't live there. That's not my life. You see what I'm saying? So when Chassidus, we can be very technical and philosophical like was we were yesterday about like, the notion of Chayas. But, but what interests is appreciating it because what Chassidus wants is that we should have Chayas in our Judaism. And so like, there is no me outside of Torah and me outside of mitzvahs. And that doesn't mean it's a prison in the country. That means I have to be fully there, right? Like, and going back to that, 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 that image, right? the, the classic idea of the Jewish mother, when she's lighting Shabbos candles, there's nothing outside of it. It doesn't mean like, she cuts out all parts of her life and there's just Shabbos candles. It means all of her life goes into the Shabbos candles. Her hopes, her dreams, everything goes into the Shabbos candles. Should go into the tefillin, goes into the Shabbos. Like, that's what Chesedus wants. Now, that's something that's, that everybody should have. Now, The more intellectual you are, the more intellect needs to be part of it. The more simple you are, maybe the more simple that is. That's already a different... So Chayis, it's not just like a technical idea that Chassidus we talk about. That's in a certain sense what Chassidus is all about. And like a big tragedy would be if a person learns a lot of Chassidus and they walk away feeling that I used to think there were 613 mitzvahs and now it turns out there's more stuff. There's all these other Chassidic things I have to do. Then you kind of missed the point. It didn't, didn't something didn't work. I don't know whose fault that is, but it's tragic. Okay, that was a, that was an aside from what we're learning, but because I think it's very important um, t- to be aware of that and to, and to have that. The last thing I'll say, um, Baruch Hashem. Last night there was um, one of the soldiers was um, re- um, rescued, redeemed. There's a video going around. I don't know if any of you saw this video. For what? No, no. Of uh, what Kiryat... She's from Kiryat Gat, I think. The dancing? Yeah, what Kiryat Gat oh, looked like yeah, afterwards.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dancing around
0: the... Around it was the, so beautiful. That is what this is about. What Chabad is about is to make that normal day-to-day. Not the dancing, but that place in ourselves should be the bracha we make on shahakal before we have a glass of water every day. To be that I don't go and, you know spend my time, you know, watching movies because from that place. Now, that's not an easy thing to achieve, right? But that, that's what it is. That's, that's Chayas. Chaius takes on different forms, has different issues. Okay, good. we comes with Chaius? Now, the Tanya says that the thought is the life force of the spoken word. What does that mean? It does it Okay, so in order to understand this, we need to understand a little bit more about thought. Okay, and first we need to contrast the thought with the speech before we can then explain how the speech, how the thought is the life force of the speech. Okay, in other words, what I want to understand you is that we're doing the opposite of what we did yesterday. Yesterday we spoke, when we spoke about the source, I basically said that what the word is literally the same thing as the thought. Just said out loud, so it does, it's nothing new, right? Now we're going to do the reverse. We're going to show how the thought and the spoken word are actually so radically different. Right? Think of the soul and the body. Right? The soul is the life force of the body because the body is radically different than the soul. If the soul, body was, was living in its own right, it wouldn't need a soul to enliven it. Right? If the mere performance of mitzvahs was, was in and it of itself inherently enlivening for a Jew, would there ever be chassidus? You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 if the mere fact that I'm doing technically what it says in Shulchan Aruch was enlivening experience inherently, then, I, there would be, then we would just do that, right? The fact that we need to do something else, pray, think about God, indicates that there's something else that needs to be brought into the picture. Okay. So there is a book called Hayom Yom. Hayom Yom is a very special book. For those of you who don't know what it is, it is a calendar from 1942 to 43. Um... Tafshin Gimel, um, is put together by the Rebbe when he was still the previous Rebbe's secretary, and it, it outlines every day what is the, the chitas, the chumash, the, the weekly Torah readings we're supposed that day, the, the section of Tanya, the daily tilim. It lists some custom, Chabad customs that relate to the day, and then there is a saying or a teaching or a aphorisms which are collected by the Rebbe from the previous Rebbe's um, letters, diaries, conversations with the Rebbe, etc. Um, it's often very interesting to look at the source and see what parts the Rebbe quoted, what parts the Rebbe didn't quote, what the Rebbe left out, if the Rebbe changed the wording, etc., etc., etc. It is a very deep and profound book, and deceptively simple. And by Heshkacha Pratis, what is today's date? Sorry. Testine, right? Okay, I didn't do the wrong one. Okay, yeah. 16th of Cheshwa. Thought! Today's (laughs) Hayyamah was all about.
1: Thought.
0: And what it says about thought is probably the best place to start to understand how thought is so radically different from speech. Thought is a garment and servant of the intellect and emotions. Even when it is not serving the intellect or emotions, it continues to function thinking and meditating. However, this activity is then not only devoid of content, but is also open to depravement. dot dot dot. <laughs> it is explained that alien or evil thoughts are caused by the emptiness of the head, for when the mind is occupied, the thought has something to serve, and there is no room for stupid and vain thoughts devoid of substance. about one thing at a
1: time.
0: Now, this is interesting. There's a lot here. I want to point out that it says that thought is, starts off as saying thought is what? Garment. The ser- garment and servant, servant. of the yes. intellect and emotions. Is speech the servant of the intellect and emotions? No. Speech is the servant of thought. No. No? No. We're going to talk about that.
1: Thought is always
0: being... And it also says, even when it is not serving the intellect emotion, it continues to function, thinking and meditating. Now, is there a relationship between those two things? That thought is the yeah. servant of intellect of emotion? That thought is always thinking, even if there's no one to serve?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Explain. A slave
2: is always a slave.
0: A slave is always a slave. It's
2: so the thought is always going to be working and being used, even if you're not giving it an active job. Like, oh, think about this. Like, it's going to pick something else in your brain to think about. Like, it's always having...
1: Uh,
0: no. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. I mean, I could think of a slave. He's got no job. He just, like sits on the couch and does nothing, right? I mean, <laughs> right? You can imagine that.
1: It's always
0: the intellect and emotions as we're going to learn later on are part of what we call the soul, which I'm not going to elaborate on right now, other than to say the soul is you. Okay.
1: So thought is a slave
0: to you. Thought is a slave to you.
1: To me. We-
0: well, your thought is a slave to you. I know, I know, I'm and my thought is a slave. You. I, I oh know,
1: I know, I'm <laughs> She's trying to say the soul.
0: I didn't say you were wrong. It's incomplete.
1: But to which part? By which you? part?
0: You. Intellect,
1: emotion, that's all you
0: also. That's right I'm mean. Yeah. So the soul. I said, this, the intellect and emotion are part of what we're going to call the soul. The soul meaning you. So, in other words, the, the, the thought is a slave to you. Now, let us say that you had a slave in real life, for argument's sake. Okay? That slave... Right? There's the legal aspect of their, their slave, right? which is that they have to do what you say, and if they run away, you could go to court and get them back and blah, blah, blah. blah. But there's also the, the, the psychological element of them being a slave. And that's what I want to talk What does it mean that you're, if you had a slave, that they're psychologically your slave?
2: One person at a time. What? You're dependent,
0: no. no. You Let me ask you a separate question. Moshe is known as an Eved Hashem. Do you know what the word Eved Hashem means? No, it doesn't mean that. It means slave, slave of God. There actually is no Hebrew, biblical Hebrew word for servant. It's the same word as slave. That, that servant slave thing is something that we like change because we want to make it like all like.
2: politically. I always thought it was
0: the same thing. It is the same thing. An Eved is a slave. Now, there can be degrees of slavery, and maybe it's a degree that we are like comfortable with and we want to change the name, so we call it a servant. Okay. To be what is it? It it means servitude. Okay? If you had a slave, what would that mean psychologically? That means there is somebody in the world if you had a slave. I want to do it this way. In their mind, what is the important thing You and what you need. If you have to force them to do stuff, eh, it's not such a great slave.
2: So your thoughts...
0: Wait, wait, we're going to come back to thoughts. Moshe is an Eved Hashem. What does that mean?
1: Whatever Hashem wants
0: is what? That's it. The only thing important to Moshe is what Hashem wants. What does Hashem want out of us? That's right. Right, remember Rosh Hashanah, im kabanim on the one hand we're like sons, but im kavadim, like what? (laughs) Meaning, what is Shaman? He was. I don't want one thing. I just want that. The only thing that matters to you is making sure that what I care about happens. That's it. the The center, the anchor point of my value system, drives and motivations is someone else's whims, fancies, and preferences. Makes me a slave to them. We might like that idea, we might not like that idea, but that's what it is, right? It still exists today. And of course it exists today. We just don't legally sanction it in the extreme. We like, well, you know...
2: we could be slaves to
0: anything. I, I want to be very clear. This use of slave has to be slave to someone, not something. You can't be a slave to something in this sense.
1: Well, why? Because,
0: because the everything other... everything
1: that you're going to be doing is for
0: the <clears throat> thing. No, but the thing doesn't have a preference. To be a slave means what my master wants is what's important to me.
1: So speech has its
0: own purpose. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Also, even like when you're
2: thinking, you're thinking about what your master wants.
0: That's right. Now, there's actually another hymn that says that a slave, you can really tell a real slave is a slave because even when they're sleeping, you can tell they have this kind of, um, this subservience to their master that's evident on them even when they are. Asleep. By the way, if this sounds crazy, think about a soldier sleeping out um, when they're in the battlefield, and they have to like go to sleep for a few hours. Do you think it's the same sleep when you're home and in bed? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not, right? Because there's something on you, right? There's something So sorry like. So when we sleep, we should be like. Have you ever learned the code of Jewish law? I mean, obviously... It it does yeah. describe how you're supposed to sleep. It even, even describes, like, what position you should sleep in. And that so you're supposed crazy. to turn over in the middle of the night.
1: True.
0: Which I have yet to figure out how to make myself do.
1: <laughs> is
2: that why your called our Lord? Yes. I was going to ask you that
0: by question. Yes. That's exactly why it's called <laughs> our Lord. Right? Oy. Yeah, you know
1: No, No, no. It, it makes sense. It's just crazy. Now, there's
0: also... It, it is. It is. <laughs> By the way, do you know what the Yiddish word that we use for someone who is a non religious Jew? Anyone know the Yiddish word? The for women? Fry? Fry. Uh, what oh, is I the word know, fry? Joking. No, fry. No, that's froy. Fry. Huh. Fry. That be, no, no, fry is like when you
2: fry out. Yeah,
0: but what does fry mean? Like what is the, what does the literal word mean?
2: No, In
0: German it means it
2: means
0: like What? No no no, no. no, no, no. That's not that Frau. No, it means sir. I know, so there's a... in Yiddish means free.
2: Yeah, Urban's mom's Frey. Why is that your first thought? Because that's probably the only place where she's... In.
0: One second, one second, one second. So now, I have no master. I am... That's... That's what it means. The worst thing... The I worst say, thing...
2: So will you say you're free. What would free? You're free
0: of God. That's right. I do not have a master. Oh my God. I don't have to so care about what anybody else wants. So you <laughs> that's what that you means.
1: Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
0: like, Someone who's like, really inhabits, <laughs> and, so embodies that, do that attitude. I love that. <laughs> Does it make sense? Oh, the, sh- sh- In other words, like let's, let's focus. In other words, The sense that I am free in that that sense, it means that I'm not answerable to anybody. What someone else wants, like if I decide that I want to be nice then fine. If I don't, I don't. But I'm my own person, right? I'm free. What does it mean to be a slave? No. What they want is is that's what determines what I do, how I feel, my schedule, my values. It depends how deep the servitude goes, right? But now, why would the Jews want to be?
1: from Egypt
0: to be slaves to God. That's kind of what the Chumash says, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? I would like to, right?
0: Hashem tells Moshe to go to Paro and say, Shlach es Ami, the God of the Hebrew says, send out my people.
2: To
0: serve me. serve me, me right? Yisrael the, avodim The children of Israel are slaves, they're my slaves, God says. <laughs> so
1: exile
0: is
2: also as it is. <laughs> I mean, exile is also exile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, 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 what are you doing with my slaves? These are my <laughs> slaves. I want them back. That's funny, but also you're not free. So why is that better for
1: us? Unless,
0: you're, unless okay, this gets into a deep idea. So then we have to really what's that? 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 It? Exactly. This isn't there is a Hebrew word. There is a Hebrew word called chayin, and our sages do say that that the only person who's free is someone who has Torah. Uh, uh, there's a whole discussion. Of, like, it's not for right now. I, uh, this notion of there's a qualitative, I don't, I don't want you to think about the legalities of you own a person, you don't own a person. To be a slave means you are defined by the service of another. Mm. You are not for yourself. Right. And if you are psychologically a slave, that's how you feel. Okay? In, 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 you know, in Europe, they had servants. Servants weren't just people who actually served you dinner. Like I don't ever like read I mean, old literature or like watch movies. Not that you're supposed to watch movies, where you have like you know the noble family and then their household servants. Yeah, it's South America. Still and said, and like there's this sense like the worst thing in the world for the for the maid is if like something were to happen to the master, yeah. even though there's not necessarily a legal ownership thing there. It's a psychological thing. Okay, our sages say what is greater than studying from a scholar, a sage, a wise person? Them. Serving them. Hey, service is a thing. Now, what is thought, which is not yourself. Thoughts are not you. They're not part of you. They're something else. That's what it means. That's why I call them a garment. They're not part of you. But thoughts are? Servants. Servants of you. Now, if the master goes on a stroll, where does the servant feel they should be? On a stroll. No. Readily available in case the master needs something, right? Is that what
2: I
1: <laughs>
0: you, you had You were a servant Or you had a servant You had to sleep I was a
1: servant <laughs> Oh No But like Every day I could do Whatever I want They
2: gave me a car Or whatever I could go wherever But the second Someone needed me I had
0: to go So you But you felt like You had to be there Yeah Right So I there's a there's always, a, There was an element Of servitude there Yeah Right And it's true
1: Even when I was sleeping Because I was nervous so I was going to get called To go to a hospital <laughs> <like> Right <laughs> Right So that makes sense Right
0: You see that Right does makes make sense? Yes. Okay. So now <laughs> wherever you're, wherever you go, what has to follow? To be ready? Slave. Your slave, your thoughts. So your thoughts are always there, ready to go. But now what happens if the slave doesn't get any instruction of what it's supposed to be doing? Just walk through. It's just there. Yeah, uh-huh. like you know. So like, you know, the, the, the king, the nobles, they're having a conversation and the, and the slaves are sitting outside, right? And they already know that they've got to be ready, right? But uh, in the meantime, you know, nothing's happening. They can play cards, right? While they're waiting. They're not gonna, they can't leave. But, they can, you know, if something interesting happens, right, they can, they can you know, pay attention. is wrong with that. But now let's move... To, it, it, with human beings, it's not necessarily a big deal. But now let's move to your thoughts. If your thoughts... If you don't need your thoughts right now, your thoughts are still actively running because maybe you'll need them in a moment, but because they're on, and they're not getting any input from yourself, they're being influenced by everything else. else. Mm
1: -hmm. And now- You know that you're giving
0: them a break. you don't give them a break. You never, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. And so it ends, now now here's the thing.
2: My brain is never off, I wish. It's never off, never off. One of the most important things that ever
0: happened... One of the important things that most important things that ever <laughs> no, I No, I'm
1: not joking. I've heard this before.
0: One of the most important things that ever happened to him. Are- I'm going to ask
1: a guy, what are you thinking
2: about?
1: And he says nothing. He's actually thinking about nothing. So you not that sorry. Is that real? It, it's
0: not entirely, but that's yes. That's not the case with one. Okay. that's uh, like not
2: into words or-
0: I'll tell you this. Why not? I'll tell you this. There is, there is, a, this is not really, real. there is an observational thing, which is, which is that women tend to ruminate over things and men tend not to ruminate over things, which means it, men are very often unaware of what they are thinking. So when you ask them what they're thinking, they have zero recollection of what they were just thinking, right. unless they are actively choosing to think something. Whereas women tend to naturally ruminate over things.
2: Um, well, I have an ink going on in my mind. Chew over and them. Yeah. The
0: and, 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 and so, like, yeah. That probably has to do with the higher...
1: And someone's yelling.
0: This is my amateur psychological thing. You can take it or leave it. This is not like Torah, but women tend to have a higher degree of of, of negative emotion. And so, like it would seem that that's like driving them to ruminate and men tend to have a much lower level of innate negative emotion so the, the thought just kind of like wander for, wander free range and so you catch them like what we think about like I don't know whatever, whatever last thing that happened was I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that, that's statistical it's not like always true but yes right. that's what they say okay I'm getting back to the topic at hand run out, though? what? like
2: if you're overworking asleep it's gonna like, yeah but
0: your thoughts don't like that your that thoughts are perfect. yeah your thoughts you're not gonna overwork them. you can overtax other parts of yourself not thought thought doesn't get overtaxed ever Really?
2: Really. Always be consciously thinking. Once I'm
0: talking about the is. thought. I'm not... Wait, just wait. Your thoughts never, never get tired. But if they're not really needed, they'll, they'll, they're under the influence of anything else. One of the most important things that ever happened to me was I was at a Forbergen as a bacher, and um, the mashpia, he, he said very forcefully that you don't have your own thoughts. You walk down the street, you see a tree, you think Tree. You walk down the street and then you see a bank, you think bank. Bank makes you think money. Money makes you think I don't have... Like, 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 it's like everybody owns your thought other than you because like you decided you don't need their thoughts. (laughs) Now, the world, just to completely hear me, the world is not full of like holiness and piety and purity, right? So if your thoughts aren't being used by you, but they're always ready and they're always working because you'll need them at any moment. Then, um, what ends up taking over your thoughts? Not
2: good.
0: Not holy. Not Open to depravement. Dot. 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 The rebels. What does that word mean? Depravement. Um, it means to make something morally, ethically, spiritually, aesthetically worse and ugly and despicable.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Yes.
2: Can you give like a clear example of thoughts that are actually serving you?
0: Yes, when you're learning. Is
2: that
0: it? No. Um,
2: when you're learning Torah specifically?
0: No, when you're learning anything. Why
2: like is that?
0: Because you are engaged in intellectual activity that you cannot get done without oh, thoughts. Oh, so my question was really here. What if... What right. if
2: you can overwork work of your
0: What intellect. if you're like in a
2: class, let's say it's a kid in a class or something they really don't want to learn and they're they're putting in effort but like they're not connecting to it at
0: all. That has nothing to do with thought, that has to do with other aspects of yourself which I don't want to talk about right now. So, okay. If you, I'll get, another example is um, if you are having a conversation with someone so there's all sorts of I, intellectual, there's things you know and there's emotions you feel that have to be engaged in this and you know that's facilitated through the servant of thought. That thought serves that. Okay. Um, when you are praying, if you're really praying, praying is primarily, despite the fact that lach, it's all about saying words. But prayer is primarily something that has to happen in, in your thought. Thought is the servant of yourself. So if you want to get anything done involving yourself, who do you need to assist you? Thoughts. Your thoughts. But if you're not trying to do anything with yourself, whether it's intellectual, emotional, whatever, you know, then relational, then the thoughts just kind of... Are thoughts kind of like
1: being in that
2: way? Like chokma would be you... Like needing
1: something, or something
0: being given to you, and then being as your thoughts expanding on it? No, no. We'll, uh, later, when we talk about thought versus intellect, I'll touch on why that is. I don't want to go into it right now. Yeah?
2: Would thought be, in this case, be connected with perspective?
0: No. no. Thought is a bunch, as we're going to see later on, thought's a bunch of language that you need in order to get anything done with yourself, internal language. That's not your thoughts. That's not my thoughts. That's you. That's
2: it. Okay. Yeah. So then That's it's away intellect. intellect. That's what I'm saying. What? That's my intellect. That's your
0: intellect. Your intellect's a whole different thing. We're not talking about intellect.
2: So right, I'm now. Saying, no, right. So I'm saying thought you're not ever going to get tired using your
0: using your thought. Using when your thought is in the service of your intellect. Your intellect is working hard and now your intellect gets tired. That's true. Your emotions get tired. That's true. Your thought never gets tired.
2: So then your thought is going to so go somewhere else crazy. once you get overtired. Or mm. It has to.
0: So you better have a plan to make sure it doesn't enter into depravement.
2: So where's that? What's the
0: gray? I will tell you. I will tell you two things. One, you could like you know if you're a free-range animal, you can put fences around it so it doesn't go places it shouldn't go. That's one thing. The other thing is, uh, and I don't want to talk about this because this is winning weight, the tangent off the tangent. Um, your I mean? intellect, your intellect, generally speaking, and your emotions, generally speaking, get tired when you don't have chayas in them. When you're using them, but you're not really living in them, I'll give you an example. I can teach for 15 hours straight. Wow! Did you
1: to
0: do that? Pretty close to it. Do you know why?
1: Because
0: you I have, have a lot of chayes to teach you. Remember that whole thing of chayes being self perpetuating When there's chais on the, on the other hand, when you lose chayes you get dri- it becomes very difficult doing and then the, the part of you that's involved gets tired
2: there's uh, no way of getting a break you're just supposed to be doing it better I
0: gave you two things and we'll leave it at that okay I said one you create fences and the other you can have more highs right those okay uh, so now, that means, I wanna go a little bit deeper, that means if you're, if you're a servant, a slave, however you put it, that means you have a sense of your master, you have a sense of who you are responsible, who you're in service of, you, you carry with you always, right? So your thought always carries like a little whiff, a little sense of yourself in it. It's always, like there's always a little bit of you being carried in your thoughts, wherever your thoughts go. This is why thinking is so dangerous. Our sages tell us that the thoughts of a sin are worse than the sin itself. Because it's not the sin that contaminates your soul. The sin makes the world worse. But it's the thought of the sin that, 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 that touches your soul. In other words, this is, this is a little bit uh, disturbing, but I'll say it like this. What is worse, thoughts of murdering somebody or actually murdering somebody? No,
1: actually.
0: It depends for whom? For the victim actually murdering them. For the murderer... A person who spends lots of time thinking about murdering somebody is destroying their soul in a way that, God forbid, if a person actually murdered somebody, might not really happen. Now, does that make it better in the grand scheme? It doesn't make it better. I mean, there's a question of, like, you know, the (laughs) the other guy's dead, right? That's that's an objective of a probably far worse thing. Does it matter who the person you want to kill
2: is? Like,
0: in damaging your soul? Not for right now. Not for right now, okay? Um, th- th- this, is, this is a very real thing, okay? Uh, the main tshuva, if you actually wanna do tshuva in life, is not about changing your behavior, and it's not about changing how you speak, it's about making sure that your thinking is the right kind of thinking. Not your understanding, I'm not using thinking as a synonym for your perspective or your intentions. I mean, literally the thoughts that you allow in your head. If you allow ungodly thoughts free range in your head, it's kind of like trying to clean the sewer. You can keep cleaning, but it's not going to get clean. Yeah. Wait, you just said that
2: if you're a slave, you always have a sense of
1: your
0: master. Right, and so the and thought always, ca- oh, and so the, since the thought is a slave of the soul, of the person, yeah. the thought is always carrying with it some sense of the person. And so there's this feedback from the thought back into, so if the thoughts go to dirty places, go to corrupt places, go to evil places.
1: Frenzy.
0: It takes a little bit of the soul with it. That's not true when you speak. Because speech is not about you. What was speech about? Will the other person understand or not understand? So here's the thing. Remember that act of speech that you can do mindlessly, right? Called davening. You just like start saying words and then there's like this like, you know, one word triggers the next word. And then half hour later or 15 minutes later, whatever it is, you're like, oh, I'm done. right. So, I would say such a person, I would say they didn't daven, they didn't pray. Were the words of prayer said? Did they pray? Why, what was lacking? Their thoughts. What brings them into the prayer? Their thoughts. How much of you is in your words? Now talk about the effort part, like, like the actual who I am. The answer is nothing. Any sense of yourself is not in the words, not because you spoke the words, but because of the way your thoughts relate to the words. I will give you some examples. Why is it easier to speak to somebody else than it is to pray to God, generally speaking? Because you're
2: actually getting somewhere. You, like, you know you're getting somewhere when you're speaking to someone. Like It's, it's more measurable.
0: Physically. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take what you're saying and change it slightly. The the fact that you experience the presence of the other brings your thinking into the speaking. Your thoughts mm-hmm. are now engaged, like right now, like I'm like I'm talking to you, right? So as words are coming out of my mouth, my thoughts are in alignment with that. Oh, got gotcha. you. Right, so that means, and because thinking is attached to the soul, it's not the soul, but it's the slave of the soul, servant of the soul, it carries a sense of the soul with it, it kind of moves the soul around a little bit. So, if my thoughts get drawn into the words, because I sense the other person's presence, I sense the feedback, well then, I'm in what I'm saying, and we're having a conversation. If I don't have a sense of the presence of God, I have to like make a conscious choice to bring my thoughts into the words, and that's much harder. Do you know how to learn things by heart, like word for word by heart? You repeat it over and over again. With a trick. You're repeating say it over and over again. Repeating it over and over again is, is a very long way to do it. Someone no, I just want the words without the song. That's another trick.
1: You say it to someone else,
0: or you write it down. You do things that bring your thought. The song is it's a, in, in, into it. Okay, so this is a simple. The song is a, uses a totally different mechanism. Mm, I guess
1: like, okay. you're trying to
2: memorize a code if you make a connection to the code. Like, so
0: no, 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 no. I want to talk about text. Yeah. And I want verb, verb, text. Right, so let's say you, wanted to, you want to like memorize a whole Mishnah. How would you go about And you want to do it quickly. You could say it over and over and over and over and over and over again, and after 15 years, you probably know it by heart. But you want to do it faster because you want to get a lot done quickly. You
1: make, um,
2: you make it, like, practice. I mean, you bring it into the world by saying it. Or by writing it down, but to someone, it's like if, if you're telling
1: saying of like tree, you if you're saying
0: like you make it you no. Know. The way you do this is you bring your thoughts into what you're saying. There's sh- okay. ways to do this. One way is artificial excitement.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so let's say um, you want to learn something by heart. Thought is a garment. Thought is a garment. Thought is a garment. And what happens? Your thoughts are literally going into each word. And what happens? Because the thoughts are always connected to the soul, the self. It starts to kind of stick there. And you can actually learn a lot of text very, very quickly. You don't have to do it that loudly. But you have to do it with that kind of intensity. And you know what happens? You can literally memorize, and you don't have to have a brilliant memory, large bodies of text. Now, do we do that? Do
1: you?
0: and not as much as I should. Um, but but it's part of Judaism. It is part of Judaism. It's more of a child part of Judaism, but it is part of Judaism. But yeah, I mean, there were chassidim who knew the entire Tanya word for word by heart. And that's, you know, you, you do that. Now, is that the best use of your time? That's debatable, but that's the thing. reason really I bring this up is because why do I need the thought there? I'm saying it because the saying has nothing with, to do with me. There's no me in my words, spoken words. There's only me in... The thoughts. The thoughts aren't me, but they're because of the servant of me.
2: That's why we can have words
0: that don't have thought. Right? As long as the word has been thought, I can then shoot out the words My my thoughts don't have to be there. But then those words are dead. They're just words. Maybe they mean something something else, but as far as I'm concerned, right? Think about the classic shoot davening, right? He <laughs> said a lot of words. Maybe the code of Jewish law thinks those words are holy. Maybe God thinks those words are special. But you? I don't know. I just like, you know, Put my mouth on autopilot for 25 minutes. In order for those words to have anything to do with me, what has to be engaged with the words? Thought. Thought. Because thought, being the servant of the self, being the servant of the soul, being the servant of you, carries a little bit of you with it. And then the the, the downside of that is if you leave your thoughts, that's what the Yom Yom is getting at, if you leave your thoughts, you know, to do whatever, whatever, because you don't have any particular use of them, they become the back door that all sorts of negative stuff gets into you. Yeah,
2: You know how you said that like our thoughts are just words that we've heard somewhere else we've thought before? So technically all the words that you have were external.
0: No. Some of those words you generate yourself.
2: What is that?
0: People make up words. I mean, that's how the words come about.
2: But then like, my question is more, you have to have a detachment between how you were fed the words and the thoughts and then your thoughts actually conveying your own
0: Right. We're going to get to that later. We're going to get to that later. Okay. And those, is what I'm, I just want to point that if I'm saying words and my thought is not engaged in that process right now, then there is a total disconnect between the words I'm uttering and myself. So what's like? that? Let me just finish because I want to make sure that we get the point. though. No. So then what does that mean? Do those words have any, if they don't have any of me, I'm not in those words in any way, even though I'm saying them, though those words are lacking what?
1: You.
0: And what, what do we say, what do we mean that I'm in something and this is, I, I'm in it and it becomes part of me, what do we call that?
1: Chaius.
0: How does there any highest? how is there any vitality to words? Because you made thinking part of the activity of speaking. If thinking is not engaged with the speaking, it's a lifeless event. You're not in it. And this is, this is, you know, there's no you in words. There is you in thoughts. So if you want to get any of yourself in the words, how does it have to come from? Thoughts. So the thoughts, now look at the words and say, wait a minute. The word being said is nothing new. I already, I already have that word, right? It's part of my vocabulary already. So there's nothing there. And, you know, if, if the word carries any of, anything, of the, anything of my master in, it's because I gave it to it, right? So what does the word contribute as far as I, I'm concerned, the thought says? What does the word add, the spoken word add? Nothing. nothing. That's what the altar was getting at. The spoken word from the level perspective of thought adds nothing. The word, I already had the word. The word, the spoken word, it's devoid of my master. It's devoid of the soul unless I give it the soul.
2: You having no chayas when you daven, for example, is just like the serpents playing cards.
0: Yeah. And then the words are being said. And your soul has no need for the thoughts, so the thoughts go somewhere else. And, like, and you wonder why you don't feel connected to God after 25 minutes. <laughs> I wonder why. The words are very holy. The words are important. You have to say the words anyway. But, um Yeah. Now, part of the problem is that we don't have highest in, 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 in that activity. So we have to like make a conscious choice to focus on the words and put our thoughts in the words. And that's hard. And we do this. Things get messy. Hey. In other words, if I look at something and I say, whatever it has is either just a duplication of me or what I gave it. then do I think it, it, it has any real contribution or significance or meaning or importance? No. The words that come out of our mouths are, not, are already part of the vocabulary of our thoughts. The sense of us in that comes through our words is not a feature of our words, it's a feature of our thoughts, that the thoughts are lending the words if we're thinking, in, if we're engaging our thoughts in our speaking. So the words on their own from the perspective of thought are redundant empty shells. Now, what about God's words? How does God, as he is a thinker of thoughts, relate to his spoken words? It is it's also It's redundant empty shells. His words are nothing that are not the words are nothing more than the thought, than the authority in the thoughts. The words carry no sense of God. Unless God uses the thought to bring the sense of God into the words, which I have to explain all that what that means, but so but so now we'll just summarize the whole thing in the next question. Number one, a word is nothing because it costs nothing. the faculty of speech to produce it, but it's not totally nothing because it, it, it's the fulfillment of the faculty of speech, right? But if you move up to thoughts, the words are nothing because. The words themselves are redundant, they're just repeating what's already in the vocabulary of thought. And whether there's any part of this person in the spoken word has nothing to do with the spoken word, it has to do whether the thoughts bring it to it or not. So there's no fulfillment from the thought, from the thought in the spoken word, there's, no, there's, nothing being, there's nothing being enhanced with the spoken word, right? It's completely unnecessary. So now put those two things together. It costs you nothing and it's unnecessary. Well, that's pretty nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So the words that God utters that create us, as far as God is concerned on this one one more level up, cost him nothing and are utterly unnecessary. (laughs) They're redundant and carry no sense of God in and of themselves. So whether they are there, they're not there, makes... And if they are the basis of my reality, whether I'm here or I'm not here, as far as God is concerned, makes no difference. And therefore, God remains... Alone. alone.
1: Oh, my
2: God. Yep. Can
0: You um, The whole... F-
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Just the end point.
0: If God... I don't remember the words that I said, see? <laughs> 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 no, is <laughs> important.
2: <laughs> not, it's an R-P, but it, it, it,
0: if the if the words that God speaks cost him nothing are redundant and carry in and of themselves no sense of God at all, then whether he says those words or not is completely is completely irrelevant, right? And if those words are the basis of my of me being me existing my reality, then whether I'm here or not is all the more so irrelevant. And therefore, God remains just as alone whether I'm here, or whether I'm not here. Wait, when you were saying um, God's
2: words are nothing because, like, with like with us, like we thought it and we say it, so
0: it's redundant. So then, is it just redundant even with us? Know, I'll go back to us. Is it our is speech only redundant to us because we already thought it? Right, right. Like the, not, words, my the words. Are the, redundant. Right, right. The words that you sang are redundant because they're already in the vocabulary of you. Those words already were part of your thought at some point in the past. So the existence of the words themselves is not nothing new from the perspective of the thought. Right. It, once you enter the middle garment which is the, which is the faculty of speech and you now are in a stage where it is important to you to others understand you okay then the words provide a kind of fulfillment because now they enable someone else to understand yeah. right which is why if we want to get the words to really be nothing we have to go one step higher one step deeper than the faculty of speech to something much more internal thoughts okay. by the way we're not done we're going to move up one step beyond thought but not this class
2: that
0: we're going to move to emotion. We will see as we learn it. But you can read ahead if you want. Emotion.
1: <laughs>
2: is it going to go to he himself or
0: no? No, no. We actually, the highest place we go is intellect. Oh. And specifically intellect that has an emotional, that, ha, that pertains and relates to emotions. Okay. There's reasons why that's the highest place. He, he doesn't go deeper than are that. the
2: connected to intellect, or directly connected to, to emotions? The
0: answer is thoughts are only directly connected to emotions, and vis a vis that they get they have a relationship with intellect. And we're going to talk about it
1: um, so as we go forward. Emotions, you you don't,
0: you don't. You always are having. If you're thinking about something, either your thoughts are being influenced by outside, but if your thoughts are being influenced yeah, by you, emotional. there's always emotion there. Even if
1: it's neutral, like
0: there is no your if your thoughts are being guided by you rather than what's outside of you, it is always, always, always because of emotion. So learning is considered
1: outside of you? Um <sighs> like what is you and
0: what's not you? So here's the thing, learning is a little bit more common because it's not just thoughts. But if you're walking down the street, okay, and you see a tree and then you think thoughts about the tree, that's there's not any there's emotion. any emotion, right? But if you're walking down, if you're walking down the, uh, the street um, and you start thinking about the tree and there's nothing there in the, that you experienced that triggers that, then that's coming from your emotions, which we'll talk about. Now, be, to answer a question about learning, because thought is the servant of the soul, servant of yourself, if you want to get anything done with yourself, you need thought, you need to have emotions. You can't learn without emotion. Because you can't get anything done with your intellect without thought. But you don't get thoughts without emotion. So you run into this problem that if you're not emotionally engaged with what you're doing. But if
2: you're reading something like
1: very
0: dry, then, then, like, then. You're not gonna think about it. Then. then okay. th- right, then, then your thoughts are just kind of like going in your thoughts and out of your thoughts, and your thoughts are not really now serving the intellect because there's not. Right. So this actually creates a problem the other way, which is if you're too emotional, then it also doesn't work. It gets very con- like You have to get the right level of emotionality. And excitement isn't emotional. Excitement, I would just put it in this context, is that excitement is when the emotions are very intense and demonstrable, um, which is not necessarily always the right thing. Sometimes you want more tempered or deeper emotions are more effective, but whatever. Good. Okay. And um, remember, you do not want to turn your thoughts into a sewer. Into what? Into a sewer. What is a sewer? It's it's a sewer, sewer is where all the bathroom stuff goes after you flush.
1: <laughs>
2: it's a good time. Wait,
1: actually, <laughs> that's a good huh. thing to say. You, I got a computer to make a connection. so <laughs> it. I got a that like make <laughs> the connection said that, mean because Stop. why aren't his thoughts in his words?
0: 'Cause there's there's two things. There are his thoughts and there's his words. There's there's his, the words in his thought and there's his spoken words. So we're saying the spoken words are nothing. Not that we're not saying that the, the words of thought are nothing. Yet. We will. But
1: is it not is it
0: achievable for us to put our thoughts in our spoken word? You're doing it right now.
2: Listen,
0: then I just don't understand why... You want, an example, you want an example of when your thoughts are not in, in the spoken word? Yes. Okay, think about people just, like, making a bracha out of, like, just... You take the cup and you start making the bracha. You don't even realize you made the bracha. Yeah. Okay, that's just words. Spoken words, no thought. So like
1: when, when
0: you're, you're talking my... to me, your thoughts are are naturally drawn to go into your words for whatever reason. Sometimes you have to actually choose to put the thoughts into the words. And there's various degrees of that. So when
2: God spoke about creation,
1: his thoughts weren't
0: in his words? Um, two things. One, even if they were, the wor- since the creation comes from the words themselves, mm-hmm. the creation is still okay. nothing. Okay. Number two... On a basic level, that's one of the ways of explaining the difference between weekdays and Shabbos. Or on a more more precise level, the difference between a state of exile and not a state of exile. In other words, when we are in a state of exile... God is speaking words without really paying attention as to what He is doing. So sometimes it's not things happen in the world, and God doesn't like really care because He's not engaged with the words and it's like coming out of His mouth mm-hmm. and making the world come into existence. But sometimes then we pray like God's like, "Oh, that's important! I should pay attention." Okay. And people say God isn't interesting. <laughs> Well, let me put it to you this way. They do freak him out. But if he does enough of errors, let me ask you a question. What happens if you're trying to talk to somebody and um, they keep doing this? Mm-hmm. What happens to your thoughts eventually? They withdraw. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of pointless to engage them. Mm-hmm. So if you sin, what happens to Hashem's thoughts? They kind of withdraw. Oh Bad things happen mm-hmm. then. Alright, on a good note, a good thought is extremely powerful. And one good thought can totally change your entire day. So, you should have good thoughts.